up? Hey, what's going on? Not much. Just making sure I have everything situated. Because Facebook, when I updated the Messenger app, you remember how if you have the mobile device, it would open like a little chat bubble that you could click on over your yeah. screen? Unfortunately, the update removes that feature. So you have to like go into the app every single time. So it's like, trying to get used to that and being able to quickly like transpose the um link into the, the message before it decides to want to disconnect for me so okay stupidest app update ever okay so obviously make sure go over here. Go, go first on the first one, just to give my voice a rest. Okay, I got you. Hang on. I gotta get my situation up here. Okay. Going at the 120. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Deutschland Calcio. Um, as always, we're going to just jump right into the thick of the action. Um, we are going to be discussing Juventus versus Udinese in their narrow victory against, oh, what was the score line? Udinese. I'm losing it. Today. All right, just start over. Just start over. One zero. There we go. I'll just restart it. Yeah, you should restart. It's going to be too confusing otherwise. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Joy Chilling Calcio. Um, has always. We are going to just jump right into the thick of the action with Juventus's 1-0 win against Udinese. Um, yeah, Juventus has always had a way of being able to secure the victory, even if it's by one goal. I mean, they have been struggling all season, but they're a team that could perform extremely terrible but still come away with the point. Um, it's continuing to prove that right in this matchup. And it begs the question, like, why do some teams perform terribly and still get the win while other teams perform poorly and not get the victory? It's one of those things that's been going around inside my it's it's been, oh. it's winning it's winning into intangibles. It's it's about uh, culture because Juventus is a culture of winning. Um, you look at their history, even with after the scandal, they came back and what do they do? They dominate for a decade. Um, they it's just they always find a way to get it done because they are uh, used to winning. That winning is what is expected from them, so they find that little extra energy, whatever you want to call it. To, to get the result in the end where teams that had not won for a long time um, who are good sometimes struggle to 
to close the, close the deal in games like that in in past history. We've seen Lazio great title charge collapse in in, in particular moments. We've seen Inter do the same. I know Inter have won the league since, but but teams that AC Milan a little bit. Um, Ro- I mean Roma, but we, we don't, Roma hasn't had a team to that really has to, has the potential to challenge lately. But if but the I mean, but in general, it's the winning culture. When you win the league, culture the culture of of winning will changes the mentality of the team changes. So you can develop what Juventus have, and as as poor as they've been at times, I mean they have won six on the bounce. So that's that's pretty good but they also didn't make it out of the Champions League so there's the 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 double-edged sword there but they have the they've been around long enough to know how to how to get get it done how to win because their team is full of of guys who have won uh big trophies consistently so if you take a team that has not had those type of personalities or or players Within the team, you're not going to see that similar result because they're uh, they're learning how to win. Where the Juventus culture and the the atmosphere of the club is winning at all costs, so it's it's down to kind of those attributes. Because in other situations and other games like this, um, some teams would not been able to to kind of uh, I, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do, um, but. The goal scorer in this match was Danilo in the 86th minute. Ooh, and it was a late winner too. I mean, it's that. I mean, even getting that goal late, like in a lot of their matches this season, it's still getting them that result. And it's those winning, as you mentioned, the winning intangibles, which is has been critical to them this season. I mean, obviously, they lost their whole board of directors. Then you got Allegri back, which was a terrible decision. But yeah, you're true. It is a terrible decision. But what does Allegri have? A room full of trophies. So exactly. Yes. I mean, Allegri is a horrendous manager. Anybody that's Allegri and that's a Juventus fan, I don't understand. But um, um, <laughs> sorry, I saw a tweet. Over the weekend, where it says, "For those who are Allegri out, um, you're welcome to join the the, the, the bandwagon." <laughs> then I saw someone reply, "Yeah, no thanks." <laughs> who is another Juventus fan? But but Juventus, yes, he's not a good manager. Yes, he's he was a great manager at one point. He's not anymore. Um, but he's won, so he has some knowledge about how to get these these close games delivered upon. So even though Allegri is not a good manager anymore, he's still, he's still, he's still a winner technically. So that, that, that means, I don't know why um, uh, uh, they keep winning uh, other than that, uh, but, but there's that winning mentality and, and intangibles that, that is built over decades of, of, of at least um, dominant Juventus teams and another five years after that of teams that were very, very good. Even the team from last year who were crap, but also not crap, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, even if it w- the manager wasn't performing up to stuff, 
these players know what it takes to get the results, and it keeps showing week in and week out that they can win in the sloppiest form possible but still bring it out, which says a lot about this event aside. Um, and they've been without Vladovich since October 25th, too. I think that has to be taken into account because if he's on the pitch, I don't think they're they're waiting until the – I don't know, whatever, 86th minute and 85th minute to, to, to close the deal either. And speaking of Vlahovic, how, uh any idea of when he's supposed to return? They said that it will still be another month, um, which would bring him into February. Um, so it's still another couple matches, at least a couple matches. It's probably their match in the Copa Italia as well. We probably won't see Vladovic until February. Um which is unfortunate because obviously you know that they play Napoli next time out, um, and that's a type of big game changer. And obviously they've got six wins in a row. You, I We don't have six in a, wins in a row. You don't have six wins in a row. So we would love to be nope. on a run like them. Um, but Vladovic is the type of guy who can, in, in a game like that coming this weekend against Napoli, we can start to see things tip. And he's the type of game changer in a big game like that that can make the big difference. Now, you can get away with 86-minute winners in games against Udinese, who remember when they were top of the league and they were winning all these games? Um, they've, mm-hmm. they're win- I think they're winless in the last six games. Now, they're not losing every game, but they haven't, they haven't won a game in, in what feels like 100 years. Um, but uh, so a guy like you know, I don't know back time, but uh, Udinese uh, and I forgot who the other one was, Cromanese, uh, who, who's bottom of the league. That's gonna, that can work against teams like that. But when it comes up against teams like Napoli and bigger teams in the league, um, Vladovic is someone that makes a big difference. And without him, I question whether or not they'll be able to pull it off against Napoli. But they are doing this without um, without him. Which you have to you have to give um, a certain amount of credit for just just based on uh, it, it's none of these games are easy. It's hard to win games, so to get on that run without your best player is is very impressive. And again, you can you, we can criticize the manager, we can criticize the the the, uh, the directors, we can criticize them a thousand things. But if you look at the Juventus teams, you and I both know we would take a lot of their players. They do have some some really spectacular players in their team. Um, and I think that's part of it. I mean, you look at Di Maria, Locatelli, um, for, for example, Vladovic, Pogba, Kostic, Danilo, um, uh, Bremen. I mean, every, every fan of every team would take one of their players. So even if they're not playing at their best, even if they're, they're struggling in certain senses, um, they still have the players to make the difference, and Pogba is going to return this month. So that would, that should help them even more. Now, Pogba 2015, that's, I mean, they don't have the Pogba that they had last time. They just don't. But that's certainly going to help Juventus even further. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, it's just, it's just sort of um, a, a talented team that's, that is being uh, driven by a guy who was great ten year, uh, five years ago, not – this year, not last year, not the year before. So it's been a while since he's been an elite manager, but the players are still there. The players are still good enough, which is why I think they keep getting results, 
even if it's not been ideal. And even their bench players, Millick's not a bad player. He's decent. Moise Keane's been playing pretty well. Their other attacking options aren't the worst. And then uh, Federico Chiesa is, is going to be back. Um, so essentially, if you look at this from big picture, if they had a different coach, this team is good enough to challenge for the league. So the only thing that's, that's preventing them from doing so is the manager. So seeing their big run, you have to take into account the fact that the players are good enough. It's just the one driving the ship. Yeah, definitely. Um, up next on the agenda, we have Roma versus AC Milan. Uh, I'll go, but you, you go first. I just want to hear your perspective first. Uh, in this match, I wanted both teams to lose. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> but You know, I mean, you're right. You're right, though, because you are on 30, what, 34 points? We're on 31. Yep. If we lose, you you got a bigger advantage. If AC Milan lose, they don't get any points, and then, yeah, you get it. So so you wanted both teams to lose, so you, exa- you got exactly what you, des- what you asked for. Nobody won. <laughs> or is what my dad – I know this is bad, but I'm going to channel my inner dad right now. He would wish for a plane crash so both teams would lose. But I'm like, Dad, that's too far, though, bud. Two, two teams not winning is two teams losing, kind of. Yeah. So, obviously, you had Pierre Kalulu. Kalu. Yeah. Getting things started off for EC Milan, getting the ball rolling with that intensity and everything. And then, Horrible goalkeeper, but continue. And then you had Tommaso Pobega getting the second goal. AC Milan get that 2-0 lead. And after a while, it was gone. Because in the 87th minute, you had Ibanez and Tammy Abraham scoring in stoppage time. So you guys came back from a 2-0 deficit. Obviously, showing the resilience of the your team this season, despite not Tammy Abraham not performing to the level he did last season and some of these other players not performing, they still, just like Juventus, in my, in my opinion, obviously, also have those, like, winning and te- the winning mentality that, hey, we need to dig down deep within ourselves and get this ball rolling, even if it comes late. And, and it was shown in this. Obviously, um, you guys were pretty even in, across the board statistically, with the exception, obviously, the possession, but that's sometimes irrelevant. But you guys were pretty much neck and neck throughout the whole match in the rest of the, those areas. And it just shows how competitive this match was, even though Roma did come back late. But definitely a point for each team. Both of you guys can't be mad at that, even though it, this shows AC Milan choking at the very end, though. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree. AC Milan were not – okay, so both teams were horrible, but for different reasons. AC Milan were not at their best. Because if they if they were at their best, they would put us away much sooner. They would not have allowed the the sort of the mental collapse in the end. Again, you 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 throw away two goal lead, it happens. Um, could never be me, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, we saw we saw it happen to Lazio. We've seen it happen to AC Milan. 
we've seen it to happen to to to, to teams across the board in this in this league. We saw it happen to Alonso Unaneze. You know, it's not great to, for that to happen, but it's still a point. Um, so throwing away leads is is again is bad, but it's 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 also it just happens sometimes. Um, the but the but but AC Milan threw away a two goal lead at home at the San Siro at the Giuseppe Giuseppe Miazza in in a way that isn't that was uh, total mental collapse and and uh, I don't know embarrassment is too harsh because they did play fairly well for most of the game but if you look at the way it happened it was a it was a horrific ending as far as how they let it go two set piece like this is this is probably the worst way to to throw away a two goal lead two set pieces where you were horrifically horrific defending on both of them and then those goals occurring in the 87th and the 93rd minute there was three there was three minutes left plus stoppage time when Roma scored their first goal AC Milan dominated the majority of the match uh, I'm not Liao did nothing so they weren't at their best <clears throat> they were missing performances from for many of their, their, their pieces, for sure. Um, Roma had to risk, and they had to play a high line to get themselves back in the game. They get punished for that, uh, as we see uh, Pogba um, get get that um, get the second goal. Um, it, it falls it falls away quickly, but Roma were not good at all in this game. Um, like not 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 even in in the slightest. Uh, I don't think they had a legit. They had a shot. Their first shot on goal was in the forty fourth minute. Now the stats may tell you that it was even evenly matched, um, but this this wasn't um, this wasn't champagne football. This was sparkling water football. So it wasn't end to end really exciting attacking masterclass between two teams. It was AC Milan dominating the game, but not their best and not scoring the goals they needed to. When they had momentum, then you saw a Roma team that lost momentum or never had momentum until the late end, and then they got that goal, and then they they used that mentality um, to get back in. Um, I wouldn't consider what Roma has as winning intangibles as of yet, because to develop winning intangibles it has to be over it has to be over several years. Roma have only kind of kind of got into this uh, bag over the last year and a half or so, and it's still not perfect. Um, today is the, the anniversary of the seven minutes of hell that Roma experienced against Juventus, ironically. Remember, uh, they were playing against uh, Juventus in Rome, and Roma uh, had a 3-1 lead and then lost it, uh, and it was 4-3 uh, in, within seven minutes. So that, that, that's happened in, in the last year. So they have, the, they have the mentality. The winning intangibles is, is something that's being worked on. Um, but also it's something that is – uh, that is, it's going in the right direction. They they do have that w- way to get back into games late on. And I had an AC Milan friend of mine um, tell me after the game that Roma was the only team in the league that would have would have come back from that position. And he, when when we were talking, he said including Napoli. And I agree. From that position, Roma can be dangerous. Again, they did not play well for the majority of the match. But they can be dangerous because they never give up on the game. They kept they keep going, even if they're playing like you know like shit, which they were. Um, they found a way back into the game, and they got that goal. They get really motivated. They win a free kick. Boom, uh, Matic off the header into the the glove of Tarasu, uh, and then 
at Abraham in the right place at the right time, getting a goal he needed for confidence. Um, again, uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't need to get 27 again, but I'd, I'd like him to get 15. And now he just needs 10 more because <laughs> that was yesterday was or sorry uh, Sunday was his fifth goal, uh, and it couldn't have come at a better time. And I think from a confidence standpoint, um, I think Roma going to the next couple of games with uh, in high spirits um, because of the way they were able to um, to get through it and and to take points off of AC Milan. Now they lost to Lazio and Napoli, um, but um, uh, point taken against Juventus, late equalizer. Um, point taken here, come from two goals down, and then obviously in 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 the same stadium at the San Zero against uh, Inter Milan, uh, they concede first, come back and win. So in three of their their five big games, they have gotten positive points, and I think that's that's what that's the what's what you, that's what you can really take from the way they came back in the end, but the overall performance still had, had uh, something to be, uh, left something to be desired. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's see. We're just going to keep the ball rolling with Atalanta winning 2-1 against Lunch Meet FC. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I didn't have the opportunity to watch this match, but I did keep up with what was going on throughout it. Um, obviously, Atalanta has not been good. And obviously, what you told me the news yesterday of Malinkovsky or Malinowski. Ruslan Malinowski. I mean, unless it's Marseille versus one of our teams, we're not going to, we're not really going to need to mention him again, but, but yeah. Yeah. They're sending him packing to Olympic Marseille. So that's another blow, but obviously Bologna gets things started in the way of the scoring. Atalanta looking like they're panicking a little bit, but they still manage to get to come back from that deficit with Koopy Miners and Rasmus. I'm not going to bother saying that last name because I would butcher that to hell. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those situations where they came back from a losing deficit and this is still overall definitely a bad performance from them. There was, it was not even close in certain areas where Bologna was just being really aggressive and really wanting to do what it takes to get all the points possible. Um, but Adelaide, we've discussed this time and time again, obviously with their certain players leaving, also the players that have already lost, the management, it's just everything is literally imploding for Atalanta. And basically at this point, the other players are probably going to leave as well for a bigger, at, now at this point, a bigger club or a different challenge. And so it's just not a good look for Atalanta. But they did get the points, which is great news. But it's just still one dismal performance after the other. Well, it just came out that um, Zabata is available for $20 million as well. So um, 
Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I watch I watch the game in, in totality, so I'll, I'll go off in a minute. But what do you think needs to happen as far as this Atlanta team and and what? How do they fix this? Should they fix it? Should they blow it up? Should they try to to get some pieces in January? What's the best direction um, for this Atlanta team to at least be uh, more? Um, real, I, again, I think I think we both agree that they're going to hit a wall and they're going to fall out of Europe. That's what I think. I think they're 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 on the slide. They just haven't slipped yet. <laughs> um, but what what do you think needs to happen to for them to? And I'm not saying they going back to what they were in the last five years where they were challenging for the league. I, I don't think that's the expectation. But they, I think they are expected to get into the Europa League at least and push for the Champions League. For them to do that on a regular basis, what do you think needs to happen with this this whole with this whole situation? In order to, I think right now, maybe try to go for a couple key pieces. But if you are unable to do any transfer business during January, right now, uh, the best thing you can do is let a match and let it burn and start from scratch. Because I think at that point, you would need to just figure out, okay, who can we build this? Find the player you know 100% you can build the team around and then start working around getting those players players to that will work in conjunction with that those players and it's it, obviously it won't happen overnight we've seen football pro club projects that have taken for like several years until you see a team get to the success they have been if they want to get back to even competing for at least a spot in Europe they need to consider maybe starting from scratch and really focusing on figuring out what players work well with the team already that are still performing at a decent level and then just build around that because with all the players that are currently leaving and stuff, it's going to be hard to like say, oh, we'll just do this. But So I think if they don't get anything done in January, the best option would just blow it up and start from scratch. And yeah, it will take a while. But in the end, the payoff could be huge. Yeah. Um, so Bologna ripped them open within seven minutes. Uh, Orson Laney with a great strike to, to kick things off. Um, and I thought actually Bologna played really well throughout um, the first half and, and into the second half. But um, I think what happened was Alonso just have the, um, the, the better individual players. And that is how – they came back and that's why they ended up winning the game. Um, it's, it wasn't due to great performance. It wasn't due to great tactics. It was due to the fact that they, they just had the better individuals. And sometimes you can, you can play well, but the better individuals will prevail um, from it and go out and get, um, get the result. Um, Bologna, I thought played very well. Um, you know, uh, I thought they they handled the game well. It was it was a tough one, but they they stayed in it the whole time, and they had chances at the end to, to maybe come back and and uh, and rescue a point. There's still some stuff that needs to be dealt with them, and and to get them back on track. Um, um, some of the the bigger names were, were a little um, were were more quiet than usual, but I thought overall Bologna, um, despite getting nothing, did play well. Um, and I think uh, a lot of their lack of success this season is, is due to the poor decisions that they made. Um, 
uh, you know, Aaron Hickey, I think is replaceable. I think they, they are doing a good job with what they have there. Um, but getting, getting rid of Matthias Svonberg for 9 million to Wolfsburg, just, uh, it doesn't make sense now. It didn't make sense. Then it's not going to make sense. It's going to not going to make sense next year either. So I think a player like that, that was so valuable to them last year for him, not being there at all. Um, and not being able to contribute a player like that that can contribute to Bologna is, is, is part of why they're having issues. Um, on the other hand, Musa Barrow didn't play. And I, and I think a lot of, they were missing some other key pieces as well. And they still almost beat Alonso. So I think, uh, that's it's a case of individual brilliance is, is what did it for him. And again, I like Alanta defensively. Uh, Scaloni is good. I, I do not think he's worth 50 million, but I understand why that is the price tag that Alanta are putting on his head. Um, I also like the the 19 year old that scored their, um, their the second goal. I think he's he's a, he's a young talent. He's doing really well. So you look at some of the individuals that are um, um, that are in this thing, you know the individuals that are kind of um, uh, the, you, you have some pieces that you can build around, but you still have an identity crisis. They cannot under any circumstances score people. Remember, remember back in the day when they said scoring us, I don't give a fuck. We're going to score five. Do you remember that Alanta from, from back in a few years ago? Oh yeah. Good time. So let me. This is what Alanta had in attack at that time. Malinowski, Ilosic. Remember the the boy who? Uh, uh, I, I think he's in Serbia now. Now, but he was the he was the guy who scored those all those goals in the Champions League. The big, tall, imposing striker. They had Zabata in his in his prime. They had Morial in his prime in the midfield. They had um, Papu Gomez. Remember Papu Gomez. <laughs> um, they had. Uh, Mario Pasler, they still have Mario Pasler. They had uh, Mar- uh, Martin Darun. They had Castagna in defense. They had Hateboard. They had Gozins. I mean, they're. The, I mean, they might not be huge names by the regular standards, but those were big time uh, names in Syria. Um, <clears throat> and now they're looking up front, and they see a Zabata that's not the same anymore. Next to him, you have Jermaine Boger. You spent twenty five million on who who looks like. Uh, who looks like Janice Boga. Um, and, um, <laughs> sorry, that was stupid. Oh, I'm sorry, it makes it even more funny. Um, so, you have, um, um, oh, God, the guy they got from Everton, who's good, he can find the back of the net on occasion, but they don't have the personnel in the attacking front that is going to scare anybody. They're not going to say, go ahead, score, see what happens. We're going to score five. We're going to score six. We're going to score seven. I remember a game they were, they were down 2-0 against Lecce the, uh, a couple years ago. They won 7-2. They didn't care. that they, I mean, that's, I think that's probably why they didn't win the league is they didn't care about defending, but they, they were able to score at a high level. They got third place two years in a row. They were the most ferocious attacking team in Italy for two years, for two, three years. And in Europe, they were one of the best attacking teams. They they go from that to, we don't have a lot in attack. We have okay attacking pieces. We have some young pieces that are going to, to you know, basically uh, become something at some point and are on, on the rise. But we don't have 
we don't have proven pieces. In defense, we don't have the pieces we had. In the midfield, is it's a little short. And I know uh, Kobelmeyer is, is a good player. Um, and then uh, they have the, the young boy in, in defense. But they don't have a great defense. They don't have a great attack. And they don't have a great midfield. They have a good midfield, a good defense, and a good attack. And as you, as you and I know, if you're going to challenge for European football, you need you need to be great somewhere. Very good, 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 good isn't good enough. Um, so I think, yeah, they I think they just they have an identity crisis. They're not the type of team that can attack like crazy and and sacrifice defensively. They don't have a they don't have the type of team that can score an early goal and shut it down either. So they have to find a balance between those two things. If they find a balance between those two things, maybe they can get it going. Um, but I think ultimately the decision that needs to be made is Gasparini needs to go at the end of the season. Um, and uh, I think that's um, something that needs to to happen. Um, then, then they'll get uh, Inzaghi from uh, from Inter and uh, Simeone will go to Inter. <laughs> something like that. They, they, I mean, if they, if they can find an attacking – well, Simeone is not returning next year to Atletico Madrid, according to reports. So I'm, I'm just I'm just playing with the hypothetical. That doesn't mean he's going to pick you, but his son does play in Italy. So maybe he would. Um, but my point is, if you could have an attacking manager like Sim, uh, not Simeone, like Gonzaghi or somebody else in that realm, get sorry to leave Lazio for you, uh, something like that. Then they could they could kickstart one way or the other because you could you could uh, you could commit to one style or the other. We're going to be attacking team that attacks. We'll get the pieces that can attack like crazy, and this is how we'll do it. Or we'll get one of those managers that can shut it down for for us um, defensively. Or you find a balance between the two things. But but they can they committed to that attacking style, and now they're trying to have a, a team that scores some, scores a little. But they plays well, great defensively. The problem is they don't play great defensively, so it d- defeats the whole purpose of having that type of team. So there's, I mean, there's, it's they're still in the Champions League race. They're still in Europe. Um, they could end in Europe. So I, so maybe maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but we saw this last year. They went from fourth to eighth in a blink of an eye. So yeah I, I just even though they got the points i just don't see them as good enough and i'd like some of their pieces i think they should they should keep keep developing the pieces that they have the young ones and try to build something but but as far as this season i think they're the least threatening team out of all the teams trying to uh, fight for that last champions league spot i definitely 100 percent agree i mean this is just yeah it's like they're trying to do too much but don't have the key, the pieces to do so. And it would be cool to actually have Diego Simeone at Inter, but I don't think we could afford him right now. No, we wouldn't be able to afford his wages. We broke. Well, aren't you paying Inzaghi like $8 million or something like that? I don't even know what we're paying. <laughs> well, I think he's, he's at Inter. He's not he's not poor. He's, he's definitely one of the top earners in the league. So it's not – I'm not trying to, to make it, you know, like that's going to happen. But if if what we say is true, and he's leaving, um, he's leaving Atletico Madrid at the end of the season, it opens up the possibility for that to happen because you you know that without question, Inter will pursue him if that happens. Um, oh yeah, because he's actually made it. 
clear that he was. He said he wanted to coach me. Inter one day. Now, yeah, I don't know if he's if um, I don't know um, if it another situation ha- happens where something opens up that's more appealing to him than Inter, then maybe he would take that other option. But I, I, I'm all I'm saying is this is not impossible. He, I think we can we can know for sure that that. He wouldn't go to another team in Spain, that's for sure. So it's depending whether, like, I don't know. It's like Inter, PSG, or a team in the Premier League. Um, and I think all uh, – PSG's manager is actually pretty good. Maybe he'd go to Germany. I think that would be cool to, to, to Diego in Germany. Uh, but all I'm saying is Inter would be a possibility for him if that happens. Now, you'd have to sack in Zaggy, but, but at the same time um, – yeah, but if if he's if he's interested, it's it, it would be a possibility. Inter will pursue him one way or another. Um, so I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm saying it could be a possibility. That's all I'm saying. So I, I wouldn't get too excited, but it is a possibility. Yeah, definitely. Um, up next, we have Napoli getting things back on track after their loss against Inter in a two-one win. Uh, I mean, a two-nil win against Sampdoria. Um, yeah, I kind of figured this would happen. They obviously the track record speaks for itself. Inter was notoriously known to end Napoli's undefeated streak in recent seasons, and it was clear last week. But this is Napoli, who has, in my opinion, exceeded my expectations and is doing very well. And they Proved it in this match against Saptoria, getting back on track after their first loss of the season. Obviously, you had um, Osman, who we've seen perform at a top-notch level, getting the first goal in within nine, within 20 minutes, and then obviously uh, there was a penalty situation where Elaf Almas Almas. Almas, okay, thank you for the correction. Um, converts the penalty with in the 82nd minute, but I mean, this is Sam Story who's pretty much struggled, and I mean, they're in 19th place on the verge of relegation unless things change. But it looks like Verona, Sam Story, and Cremonese are going to be on the way out, but Napoli. Hey, who's who's have, sorry? I mean, uh, who's right in front of uh, who's in seven? Uh, sorry, who's in seventeen? Do you know? Spazia with fifteen, Verona at nine points. Okay, got it. Anyway, continue. So, I'm just curious. Yeah, but I mean, a, a team such as Napoli going up against lower place teams, we've seen their track crash, track record against those kind of sides. They do very well. And so, I mean, the only key takeaway is they get back on track just after their loss against Inter, which shows, like, the resilience and the, like, need that they want to win the league. And normally, we would have seen them fizzle out by now, but they continue to keep pushing and getting the results. And... Sam Doria's dished another loss, and it's just going to be disaster for him. There's really not a lot to take away. 
Yeah, I'm the reason I'm laughing is me and Ryan talked about 15 minutes how much their stadium is a dump and they need a new one. Um, <laughs> not in not in a negative, not like in a Napoli anti way, but I, the, their stadium is an absolute. Uh, it's a dump, um, <laughs> um, and they they deserve a new stadium. We were talking about this because um, um, I was talking about how the Swallows has the worst pitch in in Italy. And because of that, uh, teams struggle there. And we're just talking about stadiums and all that. Uh, anyway, yeah, N- Napoli um, Napoli did – Napoli lose this game last year. They lose this game two years ago. They lose this game three years ago. Um, maybe not this particular game, but coming off a victory um, when when they got rocked, they, they started to struggle. This is a different Napoli, though. They look, they look great. Um, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the greatest performance in the world, but – I did enough. It gives them just that enough confidence to to put themselves in the position of let's go beat Juventus now um, as well. So you, you look at a lot of this Napoli team. The only weakness I see is they don't they could use a better goalkeeper. But outside of that, they have a lot of good pieces around. Again, they don't have the they don't have the best team on paper, but they're playing really well defensively. They've been they've been great with the obviously with the Korean Zombie um, um, leading the way, um, who has been an unbelievable replacement for for Koulibaly, um, who's not having the best season at Chelsea. Then the midfield, it's good. I I, I think the midfield needs still is a little bit uh, needs could you could use some work there, but I think it's a very solid midfield. And then in attack, you have. Uh, Cavaradona, as they call him in Naples, or uh, Cavara, or Cavarshalia. I finally learned how to say his name. Uh, um, but uh, that would be a great jersey. That would be a great jersey to have. I kind of want to buy his Georgia uh, international kit because I think that'd be a crazy thing to have on the back of a jersey. Um, but anyway, they have those those kind of players. Also, made a difference maker comes up uh, and delivers. They missed the penalty early on with uh, Politano. They get another penalty and then to kill it. You know, they never were re- in real threat of, of losing. Um, Sampdoria probably are going to get relegated. Uh, you, you said that uh, um, 18th place has nine points. Is that right? Yes. So it's nine and then it's what? Uh, Point-wise. Uh, it's, it's nine, nine, and then seven for Cremonese, I believe. I mean, I, I, sorry. What's what's the point total on top of the relegation zone? Spezia. How many points do they have? Fifteen. So it's nine to fifteen. That's the yep. that's the gap. Holy shit! Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. They're all they're all dead. gone. I'm sorry. You're not go, you, you're not erasing. See nine. That's six points. I, I get unless they catch fire at the right time, and you know. I don't think we're going to see a Salentiana part two or, or a Crotone part two from when, when they did it a, a couple of years before uh, the Seahorses did last year. Um, yeah, they're all, they're they're all actually, done. They're doing great. They're, they're doing they're, they've They have dropped some points here and there, um, but I think they're, they're still nowhere near the bottom. They might be in like 13th or 14th. I think they're still in the bottom half, but I, I don't think they're in real threat of, of, um, uh, relegating, and I, I do believe they picked up a point this weekend. So for a team like Valentin, all they need to do is pick up points. It doesn't necessarily need to be three every time. Now, they can't get away with getting draws after draw after draw, so they're going to have to get some victories in there. But, but I, yeah, so I just don't think any of those teams in the bottom are going to get out of it. I think they're all done for, um, which means 
no derby uh no be uh, no derby with uh with uh Genoa probably next year cuz I think Genoa are in like second place um who we um play on Thursday um I'm so pissed we play them on Thursday though because Genoa beats Spall who were coached by De Rossi and I think and that game's in Rome and I think that would have been really cool he he he's struggling a little bit um so I hope I hope things go well but Anyway, back to back to what I'm talking about. So yeah, so Sampdoria are going, they're going nowhere fast. They're going, they they will be relegated for the most. Uh, I think I think I almost guarantee they're going to get relegated. Um, if if the point differential is that that large, um, with those three at the bottom. Um, but this this wasn't like it wasn't like Napoli decapitated them, and Sampdoria weren't horrible. But I mean, it takes a lot to beat Napoli, so it's not good enough to beat Napoli. And and uh, of course you can. Uh, you can you can you can get it going, and you can you can beat them. Inter beat them, but Inter. Okay, uh, let me see if you you agree. I think Inter you beat them only because it's uh, systematically your team is a bad matchup for theirs. I don't think it was because Inter are on fire at the moment. Would you say that's that's fair? One hundred percent. So I'll, I'll, on top of that, I'll jump on that. I actually think you're going to beat them the second. I think you'll beat them both times, but not because you're a better team. I think because of the, because the personnel that Inter have, it's a bad matchup for the personnel that Napoli has. That's the big reason why they um, that you beat them again. You deserve those points, and you should be happy about those points. Obviously, obviously the happiness ended shortly after that, but but you get what I'm saying. Um, but N- Napoli is a team that can be beaten on a one-off. They can be beaten if if you got a type of team that's constructed to beat Napoli. Um, fortunately, Inter can't play Napoli 38 times a season. Um, so, <laughs> I don't actually think you beat them 38 times. But if you look at the history, the matchup history between those two, you have the you have the advantage in in, in at least the, the last three or four years you do you constantly do beat them. So um, that's why I'm always saying that. But but yeah, Napoli just get back right where, where they're going. They have that. They're starting to have their winning mentality because they lost and they bounced back. They lost again. They bounced back. Um, and they were the last team in Europe to to not have uh, to be unbeaten until you beat them. But uh, yeah, Napoli are going to be fine. I back them to beat Juventus um, uh, this week. Um, again, I think that is that is a that's a coin flip. Um, and I think if, if Napoli if Napoli beat Juventus, they win the league because AC Milan shrunk in the biggest moment uh, against Roma. They still have a chance because they're still on the same points as Juventus. Uh, if Juventus lose to Napoli, I think I think it'll still be close at the end. But I think Napoli wins the league if they beat Juventus because they'll just be. So jacked up and so um, so amped from beating them, it will just it will just push them on the rest of the way. Um, and then obviously, if they win the league, they'll get a they'll get a bunch of money and bonuses, and then get yourself a better stadium. <laughs> because you know, sorry, I, I, I talked about this a lot already, but but uh, they would have the resources to do that because Napoli's a fortress only because of their players. Their stadium is not intimidating anybody. Um, but yeah, I think Napoli are going to be fine. I think they, they came off of that loss to you guys. They go they go win immediately. I think they're going to win another one, uh, another game. Um, I think they'll beat Juventus, and I think this is the team to be until further notice. I agree. And the last matchup, give me a second to get my composure before I let off a gasket. Wait, wait, don't we have one more in between? No, it was... 
Napoli. Uh, I, we didn't talk about Lazio yet, did we? We had Juve, Udinese, Roma versus AC Milan, Atalanta versus Bologna, Napoli versus Sampdoria, and Inter versus Monaco. Oh, uh, my bad. My bad. Lazio was supposed to go in between. Okay, let's talk about Lazio first, and then we'll talk about uh, the Bonza Masterclass. Okay. Uh, Lazio get a 2-2 draw against Empoli. I mean, another... Can I just say it? Can I do it? Another shit performance? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had a two-goal lead, and it, it fell apart. So it fell apart. I, I would say that's it, fair. It fell apart just like that cookie in the cup. Um, That was stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you had Felipe Anderson scoring within two minutes, and then you had Zach Actually, I don't know either. Fuck. I know, but I just can't think of it right now. Getting those goals, giving them the 2 nil lead. And then Empoli does hashtag with no fuck given. You had Francesco Caputo getting getting them on the scoring sheet, but then 10 minutes later and stopped the bitch time, you had Marine. Hey, getting... don't, dis- don't disrespect the greatest player ever like that. <laughs> it's it's, Ro- it's Ros von Marin. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, look at you knowing how to pronounce people's names whereas I'm don't yeah, but if, if it was a Swiss player and I mispronounced, you'd be doing the same thing. So, go on. Probably not, because I don't. I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it either. But if you knew me. how to pronounce it, if I pronounced uh, uh, um, Granite Jacka, Granite Exia, or something, you'd, you'd correct me. Oh, just, come just... on! <laughs> Get out of here with that bullshit. I'm just, I'm just saying. Go ahead. It's fine. But anyway... Yeah, yeah, Empoli is a team that they're not going to go down without a fight, even if it's scrappy at the end. And this was just another performance where a team who only had five shots throughout the whole match, two on target, wins against a team who had 18 shots on target. No, wait, 18 shots and four shots on target. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, But, yeah, in general, it's not a good look for Atalanta. I mean, Lazio. Well, yeah, I can't even talk right now. (laughs) It is a good look for Atalanta because they they didn't win either. (laughs) Well, you know, well, yeah, yeah, true. Because if if Lazio had had drawn or lost and and Atalanta had won, Atalanta would be ahead of them. But because – because they, because Lazio didn't win, Alanta and Lazio have the same points. Right, but I mean, Lazio continues to struggle against mid-table and lower-table teams, which was the case last week. Um, it's just a case of the like the history repeating itself time and time again. 
Um, that's pretty much the takeaway. They just there's there's known I call them the bottle jobs of uh Syria. They can get a lead and then they lose it. Although that I can't talk right now because interested. Yeah, but but Lazio didn't really throw away the league in 2020. Uh, I guess they kind of did. Actually, that's that's not, that's not true. They did. Um, no, th- we know it's about Lazio. They just they're they're a good team. They have decent players, but they're too reliant on individuals. They get moments. They they put themselves in position and everything falls apart. Do you remember how how Lazio failed to get out of the group in the conference? Or sorry, in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So their group were eight points, eight points, eight points, eight points. The reason they got knocked out is because they lost one game, five one. If they had lost that game, three one. If they had lost that game, four two, they would they would qualify for the Europa League. Um, but instead, they had, ended up going down to the Conference League, where I'm praying that that, that they won't. Um, they won't um, win, um, but you know I, I'm not worried about that at all. Cluj is going to take them to the shed, obviously. Um, who actually they actually play it now? Nah, Lazio in the in the conference league, so that's going to be fun. Um, but Lazio, obviously, uh, two weeks in a row. Lecce, Lecce, um, they they lose a game and uh, and they type, they should have won and then couldn't couldn't quite get it here. They, I mean, this was a great game. This was champagne football at its finest. Now, you can look at the stats and it says one thing, but it was end-to-end. It was exciting for both ends. Um, and uh, it was the, the polar opposite of, um, of the Roma game in terms of entertainment as far as the, the match itself. Um, like I said before, Roma and AC Milan was sparkling water football. <laughs> This was champagne football, and it was it was at it was an um, inc- incredibly edgy game, and it was fantastic. And obviously, um, you know, Razvan Marin at the end hitting an unbelievable strike from outside the box. Uh, obviously, you would expect nothing less from the goat. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he gets that. That's what made it more satisfying for me. It's not just that Lazio blew a two goal lead. Is my countryman is the reason they blew a two goal lead, which was amazing. And I didn't know, actually, didn't know that Caputo went back to Empoli. I had no, I had no knowledge of this. I thought he was still at um, Sampdoria, but I guess not. But when he scored, I'm like, what? I, I didn't know there was another Caputo, and then I realized that it was it was the Caputo I know because I, I saw his face. Um, so that's that's. I think that's a good little signing for for them. I don't know when that happened, but but that's that's a good acquisition for for. Um, Brembley and I, I'm Empley do a, an incredible job of of coming back and and exploding and and um, now we have 31 points, 31 points, 31 points with Roma, Alanza and Lazio. So it makes the race for the for the Champions League spot um, more competitive and person the team sitting in the Champions League spot drop points as well. So it makes it very exciting as far as from entertainment value of, of the league and all that stuff. But yeah, that's all I had to say about Lazio. So let's get it going. Hang on. I just noticed your name. Hashtag Empoli with the goat. I just noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. So, uh, it is time for the Interqueen to unleash help. Enter. What the actual fuck is wrong with you? As my brother would say, what is your major malfunction, sir? 
I mean, obviously, Darmion gets the scoreline going within the 10 minutes, which we've discussed is a crucial time for Inter to get onto the scoring sheet because if they don't start taking a lead, then it could be detrimental. But then a minute later, due to defense, I would say defensive mistake, there was nobody marking the marking. Okay. You can just say the Monza striker if you can't pronounce the name. I'm just going to call him by his first name. I'm Patrick. Scoring a minute later. And then, obviously, like 11 minutes later, the one of the best, the person who this team is surrounded, uh, should be surrounded by, and whose team this actually is, Martinez gets the finds the back of the net, and that lead stood for quite a while. But then, in stoppage time, Denzel Dumfries um, scored an own goal giving, making things all square, and then, of course, the final whistle blew. Okay. <laughs> Issues that I have noticed. What? Well, I didn't say anything. Oh. But, okay, first of all, Denzel Dumfries, mm, I mean, you were doing good, it was, so well. Technically, hold on, hold on. Technically, it wasn't an own, it was an own goal only because you know, it bounced in, in his you know, situation. So it was that the reason it, the goal was scored was because of Monza's ability to get the ball in that area. He just happens to, to do the scoring. But I, I actually don't think um, it, it's not like it, uh, it wasn't like a horrific own goal. The reason that happened was because of Monza. I, I just don't want to I just don't want to shed it away from from what they did to get that ball in that space. That's all I want to say. Yeah, but in general. A lot of the players that we've gotten or started off well with us, but it's, they're just on the back burner. They're not performing the way we, we need them to. And such as Denzel Dumfries, I mean, he's okay. He has moments of brilliance, but he's not performing consistently. Lukaku, yet again, is out with injury, with inflammation to his knee. So that was... A stupid move. Um, I mean, Darmian continues to perform okay. Martinez has been hit or miss, but continues to be one of the key pieces. Jacko has been a really good piece for us, coming through when we need him the most. Carrera, most consistent player this season, probably. Yeah, he's one of the most consistent players, especially since he's able to also not only score goals, but also is really good at managing the game, getting the players where they need to be. I call him the director. Uh, the director, Eden Jekko. But uh, then you have, like, our Grignard and DeVry on our defense performing at a lackluster level. I mean, they're not performing where we usually see them, especially with constant transfer news being surrounded with them season in and season out. Um, but Barella, I do believe, has been out with injury along with Hakan. Yeah, it's so, a big mess. Yeah, so it's just like injury injuries on top of lackluster performances from these players. And, of course, I mean, I kind of give blame to Inzaghi, but there's 
part of me that doesn't because he's doing the best with what he has, but I think he could do a lot more in utilizing like what he does have. But Carrera should be selected for. I mean, Carrera should be. Yeah, exactly. Like Carrera should be allowed to have some start time, especially since. Lukaku and Martinez and all these other players are getting injured. You need to have somebody to be in the rotation. And I do believe Carrera can play a midfield position if needed too. So there is ways to utilize him. And people are giving Carrera slack, or I would say crap, I should say, because he's not performing well. Well, I'm like, of course he's not performing well because he's not given a chance to be in the rotation. So how can you get consistent when you're not playing they also they also enter also doesn't play with his position in the lineup at least his preferred position Carrera is a false nine that is his or center forward whatever you want to say that is where he's the most comfortable if he if he's not a center forward he's a second striker I haven't I you watch more inter games than I do but I haven't seen him line up again next to Martinez since he's been there so his his preferred position is Center or false nine center forward. He hasn't played there. His second preferred position is second striker. He hasn't played next to Lataro. I've not seen that. Maybe you have, but I haven't. His third preferred position is is uh, a central attacking midfielder. And his fourth preferred position is I mean, I don't even know where he plays. It seems like he kind of plays on the outside, which isn't what he does. So I, 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 I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's, it's kind of like the King Charles at AC Milan. Oh, he he is he has zero goals this season. Yeah, because you don't you're not playing him in his position. You do idiots. <laughs> Try actually playing him the position that he is, and then maybe you'll score goals. Go on if if you don't believe that's his position, go on FIFA and see what FIFA list him as. If you don't believe FIFA, go on transfermarket.com and see where how, how they uh, um, how they position him. So same thing with 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 Carrera. He he's got the quality. It's just he's never playing the position that he he's comfortable with. And he needs to be. And again, the formation is probably going to stay the same, but you could at least put him next to Lataro. That's that's all I had to say in regards to career. So uh, you can continue. Yeah, it's like even the tactics is all freaking wrong. Like they're not playing players where they're they are strongest, and it's just like this team is really doing my head, and they did well against. Napoli last week, and then they fell apart this week, and 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 they almost got beat by Parma. Yeah, as well. and they almost got beat today by fucking Parmesan with with oh. a forty four year old Gigi Buffon in goal. I know he's the greatest goalkeeper ever, but he's forty four. Forty four, and he's still killing it. Wait, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I just got a delivery for to give a dozen roses to Buffon for do, being 44 and still performing at a decent level, even though crazy. I mean, that's insane. He, not but, only that, Parma got rid of their starter uh, last night, last January, because uh, Luigi Seppe joined Salentiana. So he's the primary starter this season. I, I think they're doing okay in the in Serie B, but but I, I still think it's crazy that he's he's 44 years old. Um, and still doing it. I mean, it's 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 incredible. And but yeah. the, 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 goes back to my point. It took it took a hundred what hundred and twenty hundred and fifteen minutes for them to beat a forty four year old in goal. Um, yeah. Lataro scored. Lataro scored the equalizer, but they were behind for ninety most of the game. 
against Parma, who's not even in Serie A. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this club has pissed me off so much right now. I it's like if I literally should send a mean tweet right now because of it. But yeah, it's just one thing after another. If it's not tactics, it's injuries. If it's not injuries, it's not players like not performing to to the level and be they're supposed to, or it's the fitness level of some of these players that is not where it's supposed to be. It's just one shit show after another, and I'm literally sitting here trying to figure out what the fuck they can do. But it's what, just what's doing the biggest my head problem. In. Why do you? How do you? What do you think that the biggest problem has been? I would. It has to be the injuries because obviously we lost one of our key midfielders in Barella. Uh, on his day, Hakan Kalana, who is a baller and machine. It's just I think the number one issue is the injury slash fitness of the players that is causing us issues. True, true, but last year you didn't have as many injuries, and he still threw it away. So, what do you? I don't know. I, I'm I'm just trying to, to to dig a little. What What do you think the overall is? I mean, things you can't control is injuries. Injuries are going to happen, but the overall problem. What do you, What do you see that as? I'm just curious. I, I don't have a, a particular answer either. I mean, there's could be a couple key issues like the winning tangibles have been lost that we used to have. Um, reverting back into old habits, such as um, having a hard time finishing in front of goal, which was getting really, which was improving under Antonio Conte. Um, uh, lack of like aggressiveness. There's just there could be so many issues that it's hard to really pinpoint one. Do you do Do you think there's any issues outside of the on the pitch stuff? I mean, it, besides the, like, looming, like, answer from Milan Skriniar in signing a contract extension, which hasn't been signed or agreed upon, it, him possibly moving to PSG or whatever club he goes to at that point. Besides that, there ha- I haven't heard any, like, major news within the locker room that would cause, like, a whole total malfunction such as that. Okay, I, I get mean, that. I'm I'm speaking in, tar, in t- terms of the decision makers and the higher ups. Uh, do you think that any of that has to do with with the, on the pitch, or do you think it's it's simply on the pitch problems? Thing is, like I said, I don't really have the scoop of like what's going on with the management or higher ups. I haven't ha- heard any news regarding anything that could cause a situation but I can only go based on what I see on the pitch at the moment but I mean there could be something that nobody is talking about yet until closer to the end of the season when the dust the season is settled to bring Mm -hmm. it up so there could be something that is getting leaked to the players that we just the fans don't know about and it could be affecting the performance but I, like I said, us fans have heard nothing, but it mm-hmm. could be something that they're just trying to keep hush-hush. Or it could be the possibility of trying to get the 
you need the heck on out of here. I don't know. There's okay. Just all right. All right. All right. That's what I mean. I mean, because if you ask me that same question, I'm going to say I am reasonably happy with the the football decisions being made from upstairs and the ownership. So, so do you think that the the problems exist with the ownership, or do you think it's something else? I think it might be the ownership and the management at this point. Okay, I I would I would uh, argue that um, how do I put this? Uh, changing the ownership is necess- isn't necessarily going to fix the the issue. Um, I think we have to have the conversation that no one wants to have. Obviously, we know what's what's the guy's name? Uh, the d- director with the, his name starts with an M. I, that sounds like Marata. What's his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I'm the the guy who hands who handles Roma's uh, sorry, Inter's affairs. Um, I think his it's name Marata. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Mora, not it's not Marata though, because Marata's a footballer. Morata, whatever, whatever. Um, he's he gets constantly praised for building a championship um, team in Inter world. Would you say that's accurate? I, yeah. Okay. So he, here's, I think, yes, the ownership. I, I don't know enough about ownership to say if you need to sell or not, but I, I think the the problems start with him and um, the other dude, the, the sporting director. I, I don't, uh, Pierre, uh, not a bombing. Uh, the other, I, uh, uh, or Sulio, I forgot his name. Because I don't like, even know he, either. I have to start researching these people. Yeah, anyway, so I think that's where the problem current lies. Now, on the pitch stuff, that has to be dealt with by Inzaghi. It's his responsibility. Uh, if it's not Inzaghi, it's the – it's who's your captain right now? Because it's, it's so, not Handanovic because he's not playing games. It's Milan Strenjar. Okay, that's a problem. All right, and the reason that's a problem is he's, he, he's already – he's in contract negotiations – and he might go to PSG. It's, so, typically speaking, the, the the people who are responsible for what happens in the pit is the coach and the manager. Or sorry, the, the manager and the captain. Now, if your captain has, has rejected a contract proposal, I think that's a bad that's a bad sign from the beginning. But here's here's my point, right? So you look at um, uh, you look at Roma, you look at Juventus, you look at a uh, okay. I'm not going to bring AC Milan into this because they're equal. They've been equally as horrible as you in terms of. Uh, building a team and, and handling transfers. Um, but, okay, Roma, uh, Juventus, um, I guess, I guess a lot. I, I, okay, I'm just going to use, use those two as, as an example, right? So um, what, Roma and, and, uh, and Juventus are in transfer rumors 24-7 in January. I have, have you heard anything at all about Inter trying to sign anyone? No. Exactly. So that's part of the problem. The other problem is, what did Juventus do this summer? They got Pogba. They got Kostic. They brought back um, um, Moise Keane. They brought in Milik. Um, uh, they brought in Bremer. Um, uh, they brought Di Maria. So I'm, I've said about five or six really good players that, that they brought in. They signed a kid from um, Genoa who got loaned back at, he might be loaned for for the next five years, as, as far as we know. But but they they brought uh, players in, right? You, you, would you say that Juventus' transfer market was was very promising? 
yeah. in the summer. And now they're trying to go. They're 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 continually trying to to uh, to strike a deal with um, McAllister from uh, from Argentina, who won the World Cup, and some other guys have been mentioned in, in um, you mentioned links. Um, then you look at uh, you look at Roma. What did Roma do this summer? They brought in Dybala. They brought in um, last the year before. They brought in Tammy Abraham. They brought in Zillick at right back. Um, they they just brought in somebody. They've already brought someone in January. Ola Slabakin, or as, as we call it, the Norwegian Hobbit. Um, so we brought in all these pieces. We're currently chasing a few different signings. We're still trying to get the deal done with, with David Ferrazzi, but I think that's going to probably wait till the summer. We are in negotiations with uh, who's on a war. We're continuing to to kind of, kind of operate out of, and I'm not saying Rome are, are the greatest uh, negotiators or they're doing the they're doing impeccable work in the genius market either because we haven't signed anyone. But other than other than striker I just mentioned, um, we're also trying to get rid of players that are not uh, part of the project, like uh, Matthias Vina. Uh, we're going to explore Andrea Bellotti's departure, and there's some other people. Rick Carsdorp obviously trying to get rid of him, so. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on as far as Roma and handling themselves. There's a lot of stuff as you've as Juventus handling themselves and, and going after people and, and bringing people in. You guys brought in Ansali, you brought in uh, Bella Bellova, um, you brought in Lukaku, right? Am I missing anyone, or is that it? Onana. No, yeah, I guess Onana. So. You, but Onana's deal was was done since last that, a year ago, right? Um, right. You got you, you got a good deal on the the kid from Empoli. I thought that was a good deal. Lukaku, you spent your whole summer trying to get Lukaku. You spent hours of negotiations with Chelsea um, on that, and um, you got him. And then he scored his first game and has done almost nothing since. He's got injured. This is his second injury this season. Um, Third. Okay, third injury this season. Jeez, um, third injury this season. Good, good grief. Um, there are players who have had sco- have had sco- has scored more goals in a game this season than Lukaku has ha- or has scored uh, three goals in a season. There's been hat tricks this season. It, it, it has the same amount of goals as injuries as Lukaku, so it's, it's just madness. The problem I think is you stopped there. You just stopped. You dropped everything, Lukaku. Dabala was still in there for the taking, and you, you you see when you watch Roma how much of a difference maker he can be. Now, I'm not saying Inter would have definitely gotten him, but they. I think the problem is he's not putting together a team that they that is is capable of winning. Now, the the players that are already there are already there, and they're they're important pieces. But he's not building the team with capabilities of winning. Your big target this summer is supposed to be Marcus Theron, right from from Gladbach. Yeah. Guess what? Chelsea are interested too. Chelsea have open talks. Other teams that are interested, who have made their intent, all Inter have done with this uh, deal is we like him. We would like to sign him, but they're not doing anything. They're just they're just making it noted that I like this player. But so my big issue is that is people making the decisions of building the club because they're not actually. You're seeing Juventus, Rome, and other teams build their squad, bring in players, and and then you're you're Inter are just sitting there um, and wasting all their time on one player. And that one player gets injured three times and hasn't done anything. And they could have spent that time on something else and getting an alternative. And I mean, he's not sexy, but you, you could have got Milik who went to Juventus, a player like that instead. And let's be honest right now, Milik is more valuable to 
uh, to a, a team than Lukaku is right now. So I, I think it starts and ends with with the director, the sporting director, and and the director of football. Now the ownership, maybe you need to sell. I don't know enough about that to know. But all I know is people making the football decisions is not putting you in a position, is not building you a team that is capable of winning. And I, I know you got Mkhitaryan as well, who's a good player, but they're not capable. They're, you're not. They're not building you a team that can actually win the league, and that's the problem. Okay, in regards to the whole ownership thing, it let me refer, tell you like why we need to sell the club is because the Chinese owners that we have, the Suning Group, and of course one of our main kit sponsors, Digital Bits, they're bankrupt. They're in liquidation with their respective companies. And the problem is if you have a bankrupt owner, you ain't getting invested in which can also cause it to be very difficult to be able to, for the management who does make those decisions to have some of the money and the financial stability to actually pursue some of these things. So, because right now, in the, how much the student group is in debt is like in the billions. They're, that's why they're asking 1.2 billion has a selling price just so they could pay off their debts and everything. Well, so, you guys start saving up. <laughs> yeah, everybody started go fun. Yeah, I, I I need to win the lottery and then some. But yeah, like it, that's the main reason why we need to sell the club is so we can get somebody who can be financially stable enough to be able to also invest along with a, a kid sponsor who isn't also in bankruptcy and can also invest in in breathe life into this club because you can't obviously maybe they are. Obviously, management wants to do these things, but unless they have the money and the like, the cash flow to be able to back up their project. So, oh, I get that. No, I, I see what you're saying, but you also gave Chelsea 11 million for a loan fee. So, all I'm saying is, I okay, I understand what you're saying now, but but they also have enough to to at least. Not every player is going to cost 55 million. You know. You can get players that are on the cheaper side last year of their contract that can make things happen. Um, just so you know, the PSG owner would like to own another club, so maybe that's an, an avenue to explore. Um, yeah, but, like, I wanted to give you at least the concept of what was going on. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear situation. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, as as an outsider, I'm not going to know the, the details. Just like you didn't know why I wanted uh, the Roma owner gone either. So it's like, it's weird. It's it's such public information, but only the 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 the, the fans of the team actually understand what's happening. Um, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I anyway, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I that makes more sense. But I also think what I'm what I'm referencing and what I'm referring to is not just uh, this year. I'm talking about the last couple of years. And I, they brought you brought in big deals, done good things. But you've also spended poorly and made some mistakes in the market. I mean, um, uh, the the deal for um, Stefano Sensi has got to be one of the worst oh, deals. God. I've don't, don't, don't you get me fucking started? Because you paid twenty five oh. for him, and he's played less than twenty games or something. He goes to Monza and gets injured. I, I actually thought that was kind of. Ironic is he he wasn't even playing the game. He was in the audience as a Monza player um, as well. So, um, and again, I, I also think oh, um, uh, Inter don't operate on the loan market very well. 
they can get players on loan and, and figure out a, an option to buy later. We got when we got Chris Smalling, we got him on a one-year loan deal. It was no purchase option, no buy option. Then we ended up negotiating a fee. So I think there are ways to to go around your 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 situation uh, as well. And um, you know, again, some loan deals are not going to be are not going to be uh, good options. I mean, I'm 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 thrilled Felix is is getting a chance to to play somewhere else, but his 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 loan deal is expensive. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall the problems are lying in the the board of director. Um, team and and I think watching the game today against Parma, your, your bench isn't you're not as deep as I think um, we originally thought because you saw a lot of the bench the the reserves playing they're not as good as as what you can bring and we keep working out and you know you have Lataro and um, unless you start surrounding him with more um, it's only a matter of time before um, he goes uh, somewhere else and I think he wants to be there. And they do have leverage in the situation because of the Darwin Nunez deal from the summer. Um, and I think you could ask for a lot of money. But I think he's he's doing all this. He's having this team on his back and he, and with Barella, obviously, too. But he all I think we need to understand that um, as as a player, he's giving you so much. Even, he misses chances. People take the piss out of him sometimes. But but um, um, if, if he's if you if you're not on if you're unable to surround him with materials that can actually help get into to win the league. He's eventually going to look anywhere else, somewhere else, even if he loves um, Inter, which I think he does because it's clear he does. Um, But I think you're on borrowed time if you don't surround him with the right pieces, because as a football, as a emotionally, as a football um, player, he can love Inter, but he also can understand he needs to make the best decisions for his career. And you don't want to you don't you don't want to come into that situation where he's making a business decision for himself because Inter can't give him uh, the the team that he needs to go and win big things. So he won the World Cup. So I think his he's he wants to win big things even more now after do, doing that. So the Champions League, another league title. And if Inter doesn't put the bright pieces around him, you, you're going to kind of come in that gray area where he'll have to make a, a decision for for his. Um, for his career, even if he loves Inter. And so I think they got to – so if, if what you're saying is true, they got to sell as quickly as possible and and bring in pieces that will help him win because you're doing this for him now because this is his team. You need to give him the pieces that they gave Lukaku. They gave Lukaku real pieces when he was there the first time around. Lataro has not been given the type of team that Lukaku was, and I think they need to or else we're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, I got to hop off of here. That was so, done. That was the last thing we were going to say. Okay. So with that being said, we'll see y'all on the next one.